0: You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Wade Wilkins. I just met you, buddy. What is up? Hey, man. What's going on? Nice to meet you. It's nice to be on the show. So, first of all, I just have to say you have either extreme, very trusting personality to come over here considering I've never met you in my entire life and you just decided to come over to this guy's house and podcast. You don't know if I got chains in the basement. You don't know if I got any of that going on. You're just coming over here on good faith from a a mutual friend of ours, Jose.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Jose, he's been my buddy since kindergarten. We've known each other since we were four. (laughs) We both got signed up for elementary school early. Just so we didn't have to get vaccinations twice, because everybody scares him. <laughs> wow, but um, but no, I mean, if Jose got here and got out alive, I'm
0: sure it wouldn't be bad for me to come by. <laughs> Jose got off lucky. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's just cool, man, because like it' to, nice it's to see that somebody's actually willing to even be on a podcast. Most people don't even understand what it really is about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's just a conversation. Usually, like it depends on what you're listening to, podcast wise. It usually has a theme behind it. But mine's just conversations with people. I'm like, I've lived the life, you've lived the life. Let's share it, man. Like you're you're a book. I want to read the book. Like tell me the Wade Wilkins story. So I'm gonna start off like, what do you do like to get you money throughout the day?
1: Well, I mean, we uh well my family we're a family of farmers. I can tell so, by the accent. So we um we grow poultry out in Liberty Town. It's right on the outskirts of Berlin. It's on the way to Salisbury. Um, we have six chicken houses, and, um, really, that's just what keeps us busy, you know, for, like, we kind of live off of, like, a family budget, my dad, he's a surveyor, so I kind of go out and I do side jobs for him, but, you know, I'm, I'm also a student, so when I'm not working, I'm at UMES, getting my degree. What are degree. you,
0: uh, going for, what are you going for in the long run?
1: So, um, right now, my degree is in general studies in agriculture, and I hope to get a minor in business. Um... So what I kind of was gearing towards is in high school, you know, I was in theater a lot, but you know, I'd heard from some people, you know, like, Oh, go, go after it. it. It'll be worth it. And I was like, okay, well, this is fair. This could be something I could just come back to. And aside from that, what I knew was farming and plants and just working outside. So I thought, you know, if I can have a degree, that's gonna keep me outside and keep me in nature, and even keep me where it smells good or even bad sometimes. it'll Mostly be worth bad, it. yeah, yeah, mostly bad. Yeah. Any more, mostly bad. <laughs> but it's the smell of money at the same time. You know, I really wouldn't be able to go to school unless we really had the farm. Yeah. So I'm caught, you know. While some can kind of see it as a curse, and a lot of farmers also kind of see it as a curse because of the workload. At the end of the day, it's worth it.
0: Yeah, no one really understands. All right, so is this true? The myth about summer, like th- that kids need off for summer because they gotta help on the farm with their parents. Some kids, did you hear about that? That giant okay, myth. Okay, yeah. That's fake, isn't it? Because you guys do all your you do all your work in the winter, and then you really just harvest it in the summer.
1: So really, okay. So it also depends on what kind of farmer you are. There's a lot of farmers around here. They're grain farmers. So in the summer, really, they're making sure their plants are good, making sure their irrigation's going. So they don't really have as much to do with the plants in the summer because that's when they're growing. When they're harvesting is really in the fall. So actually when school starts up, kind of, when you first start to get that cold snap is when you start to see the corn turn yellow and the, the beans start to turn that brown and that real rich like amber. And that's when it's time for them to start, you know, getting
0: prepped for harvest. What's your uh, fascination with, like, just watching plants develop in a way? Do you see it as, like, how like a mother or someone that's in the, the caring aspect or the child aspect of the world, they kind of look at a kid growing up and see it kind of transform in front of their eyes and feel a sense of accomplishment? Do you see the same thing with a plant? Because, I mean, I've had tomato plants. I've tried to keep them alive, and then I'm gone for two days, and someone forgets to water it, and everything's gone. Well, so it's... This is going to be a bit of a rabbit hole, but bear with me. I'm
1: bearing with you. So, my mother, she's, she's like a city girl. She kind of, you know, she grew up in Ocean City. She was born in Baltimore, came down, you know, she was in private school. My dad, on the other hand, he was a country guy. You know, he lived on the countryside, drove a big truck, picked up chickens, worked with hogs, did way more than I do. Um, but they kind of came together and then worlds collided. Like my mom, she's really a bit of a Buddhist. And my dad, you know, I guess he was more of a Christian background. So, you know, my mom's side's all hippies and my dad's all country people. So it's kind of given me this eclectic outlook. On life, yeah, if like that bi, makes like sense. Kind of
0: being a little bit like bicultural, or some people yeah. have a parent that's white and one parent that's a different race, in, or something. In a way,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm within certain respects. Like, I've there's certain things that I'll never, you know, come across that I feel like, of course, unless I'm able to expose myself to them, which you know, I'd love to. I like the experience of it. Yeah. But um, you know, back back to what I was saying. You know, my mom, she, you know, originally kind of had a little bit of a liberal mindset to the world. And my dad was, you know, ultra conservative. My mom, she makes a joke that he grew up in a nursing home just because everybody was old. He was raised by his grandparents and it was, you know, wake up at five and, you know, he might go to bed at seven.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, I mean, those honestly are the grandparents, like the kids that are raised like our age, that are raised by their grandparents and not by their actual parents. Mm-hmm. It, you see a different set of moral values instilled into them. Uh, mostly like going to bed early, but also being able to work hard and take care and take pride in what your work is a lot with farmers That's what mm-hmm. the basis is like they understand the definition of hard work Like usually they um there's two things that can happen if you get hands as rough as mine mm-hmm. One is you work out all the time like I do and two is you work on a farm Because yeah. you're constantly doing manual labor to the point where these calluses just build up on your hands And they get torn off and they just regrow 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 it always freaks me out when I shake somebody's hand because it'll well, freaks them out. But I shake their hands like, "What's wrong with your hands?" I'm like, "They're rough. It's like sandpaper. Yeah, They're that like rubbing." Yeah,
1: people aren't used to being soft. I'm <laughs>
0: like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, but if it, it, a lot of times, like, if you shake somebody's hand, you don't notice those calluses, and that's usually mm-hmm. how you can tell they don't do a strict or hard manual job, yeah. or they don't do anything that requires lifting or any type of certain physical exercise. And really, people don't even think about twice. I mean, does it ever cross your mind when you're going into a grocery store? You see the vegetables and you see all these stuff in the produce aisle. You have to be thinking, like, I know the whole process of how this all gets collected. I know everything, and someone else like me doesn't even think about mm-hmm. i randomly walk into a grocery store like up oh, there's cabbage up oh, there's lettuce up oh, it's, it's just there it's like magic a fairy just came down mm-hmm. but you see everything or like you you think there's a farmer that went out there did this or a company you know something
1: well and it's also well part of that um is you know there's it's a lot of effort you know we actually you know like the eastern shore is an area that isn't really hospitable to a lot of the plants we eat like corn mm-hmm. we're lucky that we can have corn because corn is really fast and really good at depleting soil. Um, like tomatoes, they they do the same thing. That's why you always hear about people mixing mix different manures and lime. Because it just it takes rough. so much of that nutrient, that nitrogen. Um, but, um, but, you know, it's a lot of the effort that I see when I go to the grocery store. Um, you know, you I'll look at a rutabaga or a turnip. And I'm like, oh well, this probably got trucked here. This isn't something that's I've seen grown around here, unless they're grown at a market. If I go to a market, I know it's a, you know a family operation or someone smaller that they had to go specially and source these, and they're growing them at a peak season to do it at a market. But um, you know, when I the thing about um, farming for me is, and a lot of the the plant sciences that I'm looking at and hoping to kind of go in. To with a career is um you know it, i see the actual kind of life in it um and plants i you know i actually i'm kind of fascinated with plants because they have so much more capability than people realize like i'll i will say right now that plants communicate with each other but most people would say, "Well, that's a hippie
0: ideology." There's actually a, a case in 1896. It's called plant perception. Mm-hmm. I actually did a podcast about it. A guy thought that plants evoke emotions and it have this type of frequency, much like how we have walkie-talkies and those different mm-hmm. channels. That you know, that light that's in the corner of this room is giving off a frequency in a wave that we can't see. Our minds can't perceptually see. So mm-hmm. it was hard to think. Like they did a test where they boiled shrimp or like little. Um, I forgot, baby shrimp or some type of shrimp. Mm-hmm. And uh they boiled the shrimp next to this plant and they would uh they hooked up a um, lie detector test to the plant to see if they could read an emotional response from it and it, it, there were no conclusive evidence from it but it's not the idea like it's not far out of the realm there's trees in Africa that speak to each other through the roots. There's plants develop and uh, naturally evolve when a certain predator starts eating their leaves, they can start to develop a certain taste in their leaves and they can start to develop a certain like pheromone or something Mm -hmm. that can also push away that predator. Like that's an adaptive skill something that doesn't think or doesn't have feelings or doesn't have any type of brainwave connectivity would not be able to do that things just like um, I can sit there and punch that pillow every single day that pillow is not going to immediately grow mm-hmm. a book inside of it or grow a chest of armor it's not going to happen it has no brainwave it has no frequency Mm-hmm. it also chalks up to the controversy that that's like saying all matter is not real or all matter doesn't isn't alive. All matter is alive. But when it comes to inanimate objects and things that we can't perceptually see on a level, plants are closer to our like reality of being able to see a type of emotional response from things. Like if you ever seen the movie Sausage Fest, that whole idea mm-hmm. about the talking food and mm-hmm. everything like that, yeah, yeah. that gives your whole mind a trip. That brings it down to a whole new level. You start looking at food differently a little bit. Like, you know, the pizza has a bite taken out of it. And he goes, my legs. I don't have any fucking legs. (laughs) Like, it's that whole thing. Like, you got to think. Like, if we, I mean, obviously don't look at all your food like it's alive. And, you know, that's going to steer you off from eating. But plants definitely have a reaction. And, like, they grow better when they're sometimes talked to and sometimes yelled Mm -hmm. at because of the carbon dioxide that comes out of our voice. And... That's a chemical response, but that means there's something alive that's reacting to that. There's bacteria and atoms in that plant that is alive, but to think that's self-sustaining and self-thinking, it's just a little bit out of society's grasp, which I'm not, I'm not totally sure if it's true or not, but it's, it seems likely. Mm-hmm. It seems likely if I cut a cabbage, it's probably screaming at me. I mean, if the onion makes me cry when I peel it, let's just say it's we're both not crying. We're both not, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, a mutual, a mutual thing to be torn up about. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, well, like you were saying, um, they communicate through the roots. Um, I'm actually I, I'm finishing up my agricultural microbiology class, mm. and you know, it's really intensive. But um, my professor, he's neat because he. He's opened the class up so we can really learn anything we'd like to in the world of microbiology because, you know, part of agriculture is just keeping things alive. So you're able to study basically anything living. And, um, you know, we talked about how different microbia do travel through these roots and they're able to travel through the the soil and communicate, you know, uh, messages between these plants. And the microbia carry those hormones and those pheromones, like you were saying. And we even see it with grass when we smell fresh cut grass, that's the a pheromone that's a stress pheromone preparing the roots for you know further shock. So you know, we don't grow plants we we grow poultry, and you know that's also a whole nother ball game. I mean, I can see where different breeds and different species why they act differently um, you know in my classes and in my studies you know. It might sound even a little bit far-fetched, but I've started to, you know, draw similarities between most animals and people, and just watching the way people think, and why people act the way they do, and what causes people to be reactive to certain stimulus.
0: Like noticing traits in an animal that's kind of seen connected to humans, Mm -hmm. much like when a scientist is studying apes, and they start seeing similarities with that, too. Um, Do you... Do you see, like, what's the whole reason that we choose chickens and, like, nobody gets upset if you kill a chicken because it's seen as a farm animal? Mm-hmm. Why aren't dogs considered that? So... My theory is eyebrows. Because cows don't have eyebrows. So I have noticed that different animals
1: are very, very capable of different emotions. Poultry, they're, they're a group think animal, I like to call it. They all react with, but also to each other. They want to work so the, the majority of them were to survive in the wild. You know, as an animal, they're thinking mainly to survive and thrive. So they're thinking of to survive. So when I'm in the chicken house, they say, oh, no, this could be a possible threat. So they move in a way that they can move together. But, you know, every once in a while, a stray might come and knock me in my feet and kind of knock me off kilter a little bit as I'm walking. And, you know, this could be a group think. Like, maybe one, I I personally think, is trying to sacrifice himself to slow down the predator and help the flock get away. Um, it's seen that in times of stress, that chickens will resort to cannibalism. Pecking order, that's a real exactly. thing. Exactly. Yes. They, they, they do this because by keeping the weak of their flock to the side, it prevents that weak from infecting the rest of the flock. But if you take a pig, a pig can be completely different. And a pig is an animal that you could say essentially could be feared because uh, they're they're very complex, more so than a dog. And um, I've just finished with a, sign, a swine production class in which we worked with two- and three-week-old piglets. And they're able to problem-solve at a rate I've never seen a dog be able to problem-solve. We were performing tail docking, um, some castrations, and different iron injections to, you know, help their life. like their um, The start of their life cycle. Yeah. You know, the iron's to help keep them from being anemic. The tail docking is because pigs will sense if another piglet might not be from their same litter, and they'll be posed as competition. So when you dock the tail, it prevents them from the other piglet themselves biting and hurting them and causing an infection. Um, but you'll see that some of these piglets want to work together because they're able to sense that they're related and there's a, a form of camaraderie somewhere. But others, you'll see, are excluded in their competition and they say, oh, well, let's make sure we get our feed first before this one does. So in the process of docking tails too might stay together to try to stay away from one of us, but one is excluded by the others. So while we had one isolated, you know, to get ready to work with him and, you know, prep him and give him proper injections, he was trying to problem-solve on how to get out of the crate, because he knew that when he was in that alone, that he didn't have a cooperative effort, but in that chest he didn't have a cooperative effort. Um. So in working with swine, you know, you'll see that a lot of the ones that are from the same litter are identified, so you can tell that they're from the same litter and they'll gravitate towards each other. So coming back to why we don't eat dogs, though, I think is merely a fact of chemistry and the microbia that can actually be transferred in the meat. Um, I think, you know, with the gaminess, it doesn't process as well. Um, dogs would actually be, I think, a... I would, I mean, of course, this is an objective form of thinking. Um, I think dogs would be a very hard animal to grow because they coordinate with each other, but they're canines. They won't act in defense. They could potentially act
0: in a way that they would want to continue eating. They're also kind of pack animals, too. We just yeah. domesticated them enough. I think it's more on the basis of an emotional connection that um, dogs have. Same reason we don't eat horses, typically, mm-hmm. uh, because horses are the only animals that have an emotional connection, like a psychic connection, with their rider. Mm-hmm. If you are disturbed or like not clear of thought, a horse will not ride right. It will not ride straight. It won't do anything. It'll be a little bit clouded itself. That's because they literally get a connection with you. They can, see, they can basically have that mind connection with you. And with dogs, it's an emotional thing. They have a spiritual connection with you. The whole reason, like in the military, like ISIS, you raise a, um, or the Arab forces, you raise a dog from a puppy. And then Mm -hmm. when you get out of basic training and everything like that, you have to kill that dog that you've raised for a couple of years Hmm. because you're supposed to kill a loving thing that has bonded and gotten close to you with this connection. And they're the only ones that have this connection that can develop like that. Similar domesticated animals. I believe that's why we might have chose off, or maybe they just got lucky, you know? Maybe someone's like, we can choose between having a cow in our house or a dog. So what do you want?
1: Well, and, you know, with that too, some animals are seen to be better as tools. And, you know, a bit of a utility, like horses, you know. Pulling troughs. And yeah, they can pull that. troughs, you know. They, you know, they're smart. You know, they have a way to even, you know, some technically, you know, could communicate with people. And almost work as a guard horse. I mean, we see police officers utilize them all the time.
0: Dude, we've used them in war. Yeah. I mean, we've hooked bombs to them and straight up There's them out There's
1: been people. battles in Afghanistan fought
0: with horses, you know. You know what's crazy? Is that, um, like donkeys... They're mm-hmm. smaller, but they carry so much more weight than a horse can. That's mm-hmm. why they call them pack mules. Mm-hmm. Like, they're legit, like, dynamites carried on them. Like, all the heavy gold as prospectors used back in the day was gold on theirs. Like, you would think a horse being a lot bigger and tougher would do it. But then you look and you see this small animal that seems like a runt from the litter becoming the underdog and being able to, like, mm-hmm. truly have your back. And zebras are faster than horses. Did you know that? Yeah. That's they're, big, they're a little bit
1: bigger, too, I think.
0: Uh, I'm not sure. Like,
1: I. I was actually watching some videos the other day, and I was watching them, you know, interact as a herd, and they're they seem to have a bit more animosity to them almost, you know, a bit of a hot streak, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: Dude, I just got a better idea. We should totally make a nature documentary. Oh yeah, like we'll get like a bunch of videos of like the Africa thing. You ever seen that with Snoop Dogg? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this thing <laughs> holy shit we should do that dude that'd be perfect well no
1: I mean I, the thing that um always you know intrigues me though is you know the things that we haven't really discovered in the ocean I mean I have
0: no background on the things that live in the sea. Dude, tell I'm me a land it. guy. We don't we don't know anything about the ocean. Not just you and me. We don't know as much as we think we do. <laughs> Dude, we get to a Do you know they found a dino fish? There is on Netflix. Look up dino fish. It is a documentary off the coast of Somalia or a coast of Africa or something. These us uh, pirates, the Somalian pirates were throwing dynamite to catch fish, and I guess some of it disrupted this habitat, as because apparently the way the water works, mm-hmm. the deeper you go down, the slower time is. Time can still move at a relevant pace, but it affects you differently. Like, you ever seen the movie Interstellar with mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey? I'm not, no, I don't think I've seen that one. Well, they no. go to with this other planet that's supposed to be like Earth to try and see if they can scout it out, see if that's their next place we can live. So seven minutes or an hour there is seven years here. So they end up staying there for like two hours, and they're getting videos from their family fourteen years later on their thing. And they're they've only been there two hours, but they're seeing their kids grow up fourteen years. Like holy shit! Like what happened? And the whole idea is time is moving so slow slow down there. These are originally six hundred million year old fish that are still alive today. They're called um. You ever if you ever play Pokemon, it's called the Relicaneth. It's like the thing with no eyes. It looks really weird like some deep sea creature. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of it is time moves so slow down there because they weren't affected by all this global change up here that we all get weathered to. And they, these guys are throwing dynamite off this thing and these fish just started coming up. Like it, People started catching them and selling them on the market. Some guy's like, I've never seen this fish before. Decides to do research on it. Finds out this fish is 600 million years old. And there's not just one of them. There's a whole... Freaking colony of them, just swimming down there, just living, not even knowing what's going on. These guys are as old as the dinosaurs, basically, just chilling down there. And we sit there and think like, that can't be real. And they like, we haven't even been down to the deep depths of the ocean. So much of the ocean is not discovered. Like it's hard to think that Atlantis, all these types of things, you hear stories about. Mm -hmm. Are, are false. They're not false. They could be real. We don't know because we haven't discovered that much. There's literally no light down there, so their perception of time is off. They have no idea if it's been an hour, two hours, three hours. People in space, if they don't have watches, they don't know what is going on, what day it is. They don't know anything. They have to keep a calendar and keep track. If you lose track, the same thing like being in solitary confinement. You don't know what's going on. And being down deep there, we get so low that when we're coming back up, we have to go slowly and bit by bit at a time because mm-hmm. we can get the bends, Yeah. the compressions. The same thing when they come down from space, they have to sit in the compression chamber, make sure the air. That's ridiculous to think that we have this on our earth that we're not even taking the time to dig super deep into. Like we're totally spaced out into other things. Let's go farther into technology. Let's get the iPhone 40 out there. I'm like, why don't we focus on things we can work on here? my grandmom still has to use a walker with tennis balls on the bottom of it we need to fix some shit here for sure
1: no definitely and you know it's funny that you say that because you know part of the reason i chose this ag major too is that it, it you know aside from the range of careers you can kind of go with it's a really good way to study like the actual things that are on this planet and see you know what they're technically capable of And, you know, ultimately, when I was trying to find a career or an occupation, I just wanted to do something that is productive and makes people happy, keeps, you know, things going. Because, you know, that I truly believe that that's kind of one of the, the main points of life is, is to keep things going, not just for yourself, but everybody else. Um...
0: But, but That's that's the whole reason I started this podcast, dude. I, I literally can connect with you 100% on that. I just realized at this young age, and I'm so happy I did, like, mm-hmm. everyone's got a story, man. And everyone's experienced a life. And I always try and ask people and get them over. And they just, they, they're typically sometimes not about it. It's kind of like you have to force them to do it. you got to bug them about it. But then once they do it, they have so much fun, they're telling their friends about it. Like, hopefully you'll go tell your friends oh, yeah. how this was and get... More, I want to interview anybody I don't care if I've, like I've never met you yeah and you're over here like I want to get that because dude like you're a cool guy like I've, we've already connected like it's this mm-hmm. whole thing like we're just having a conversation it's not hard to get along with people I think we all as a society need to learn to get along and we need to respect each other too and respect first of all the world we live on And as a farmer, you have to respect that. I mean, holy crap. And that's, yeah, that's, um, I'm really glad
1: that you say that because I'm seeing more and more of a conception of people that that farmers do care about the environment. For a while, a lot of people ostracized farmers. Like, it was a hell of a time in fucking high school. I can tell you that. I mean, uh, aside from hippie chicks not liking you, some of the teachers don't like you. I, I butted heads with, Environmental science teachers, from high school all the way to environmental science teachers in college, because what, people. What type of problems? Well, they believe that a lot of the effects that some of the agriculture we have um, are adverse to the environment. When really they're sourcing um, these causes, but uh, they're they're leading more to industrialization of cities and urban sprawl. That's more, that's what a lot of pollution comes from. The, I mean, the biggest, biggest polluter in the Ocean Pines is the human
0: lawn. That is <laughs> terrible for the environment. You know what really gets me <laughs> when they when they say that we're running out of water and we're all this stuff, and then I'm like, then why are we still watering the golf courses? They're green as shit. My get, lawn is yellow. Don't get no me need. started on that. If
1: you were to let the natural fauna. Technically which you know there are natural grasses here if you were to just cut them it would be fine You could technically technically play golf on it. It wouldn't be as you know beautiful in my opinion And yes, sometimes you know you'll cut through a little bit different and some grass has a different root um, Structure so it'll make the ground shape different, but there's turf you know, there's... I mean, that, again, makes it so you can't really water the soil, and it's impossible over a span like that. But there's alternatives. What they are, we haven't found them yet. But this planet and the things that are around us always have, you know, in the long run, presented a solution to whatever problem has been created in the environment. Um, however, there may be things in the environment that... Just worsen these problems, kind of, kind of like people do. People people like making the environment bad. Well, they don't like it,
0: but they're quick to be enabled to do it. The whole idea, like, I, I realized this, like, technology, every problem we have that technology is fixed, technology calls in the first place. We never had that problem until technology was involved. Like, well, I mean, uh, at least, like, you know, my power keeps going out, but, like, i would be able to turn it off with my phone and do turn it on. Like, you wouldn't have that problem in the first place. You know how people survived back in the day? You wouldn't have violent video games affecting people saying that's leading to what's called mean world syndrome, where it's, like, video games, television, media <laughs> are all displaying negative effects on people. We wouldn't have that if there wasn't any TV. So TV caused that in the first place. But yeah, crimes are happening, but... They were happening before too and people weren't that upset about it it's why old people they have a link between mean world syndrome and old people watching television all day because they can't get out of a retirement home and they're getting a bad view on the world because everything that gets displayed on the news is negative you know Mm -hmm. things about farmers like uh farmers starting a riot farmers are like why are they starting a riot though what's the whole idea behind this there was a movement back in like 18 the industrial revolution or whatever it was they're called the uh, the Ludites. They were people that were rising up, farmers, um, workers, just people that were working in the factories, working their ass off, mm-hmm. rising up against machines because people were creating newspaper presses, printing presses, all this type of stuff that was totally eliminating them out of their job. I mean, nowadays, you know, when you go into McDonald's or something, you don't have to talk to anybody anymore. You just go up to machine, type a button, and bam. Sooner or later, technology is going to advance to the point where we lose all capabilities of human interaction. The only thing I see technology still connecting us in a way is with our cell phone. And even then, no one takes the time to call anymore. No one takes the time to text anymore. That's why I called you in the first place. I didn't want to send you a text because I can't explain my emotion over a text or mm-hmm. I can't do that. You know, Someone tries to talk in a voice text. They, it gets misconstrued so much. That machine does not understand your tone, doesn't understand the emotion you're activating. H- half the time my mom's asking me to do something, it sounds like she's yelling at me when she says it in a voice text. I'm like, why are you so angry? She's like, I'm not. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, it's, the, it's the whole aspect. Like People are like, oh, how can I get on the podcast? I'm like, come over to my house. Say like, hey. What do you mean? I'm like, it's mobile. I'll take it to you. They're like, but why can't we just do it over the phone? No, I'm not doing it over the phone. Well, you can't do it. And I'm like, I can. I'm not going to though because I lose all interaction. I don't get this moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the know. real experience of a conversation.
1: Well, you know.
0: So, I,
1: growing up in the countryside, I didn't have internet, man. Like a lot of people are like, oh, well, that kind of blows. Like, how do you watch Netflix? How do you
0: do this? My but first a question lot be, how would you? Look at porn.
1: It's hard. Soybeans are not a
0: great <laughs> converse-
1: thing to hold a conversation with. You feel like a nut while you're trying to bust a nut, okay? <laughs> but, you know, being out there, it also lets you spark your imagination. and Creativity. You know, I, you know, I, college has been a hell of a time. You know, they, they everybody always says college is a hell of a time. When I was in high school, anybody that listens to this podcast right now could say, Oh yeah, that that was Wade. He, he was in all of the clubs, but uh, we didn't really see him out much. We didn't see him do that. We didn't see him do this. You know what I mean? But it was because, you know, I didn't, you know, jump on the bandwagon of communicating with people really on social media. I never communicated with people the same way. I've always been pretty outright in everything I've said. I've never, you know, haltered in trying to, you know, say who I am. Well, lots, but I've lots avoided of, being
0: sheepish. Yeah, lots of farmers are like that. People that have a, a hard-working uh, structure in their life, like mm-hmm. more like a hard-working background. Like people that are instilled with values like their grandparents have of that age. That you know, They know how to work and they actually know how to put in the time like, to get stuff done. And they know the definition of that. It seems like as a society, if you've noticed, like I've noticed, it, we just lost that. Technology is made us soft. It's very true. I'm, I, I think I'm a, I'm a victim of that, too. I'm, I'm soft at times, too. But the whole idea, like, when you experience a hard work and you actually put the time and effort into going after something and pursuing something, you feel a real sense of accomplishment. And that's why people like that do that. Like, without farmers, you wouldn't have a source of food. One day, there's going to be a point where farmers are pushed into a corner where they're not going to be needed as much because we're going to have so many ways to replicate food. My big problem with GMOs, there's only one GMO food Mm -hmm. I love, and that's the fact that there's apples you can get at Harris Teeter that are four freaking pounds, man. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: They're either shooting
0: that with shark testosterone or something bull semen. I don't know what it is, but there's no way a normal apple can get that damn big without GMOs. But the whole idea, genetically modified food, modifying it to grow in a place where it is not supposed to grow all right, that's seen as an act of God if you're Christian, but I see it as a benefit to that population of people that needs that type of source, and it's an easy, tr- it, so they don't have to trade it with other things. You know, the reason why we're, we we got where we are today, like America grew how we grew today, was because of our placement on the world. We got lucky. We got a good roll of the dice of where we grew up. There's people, Africa, they don't have anything to really eat but dirt, some rare Literally. fruit. And then they literally have diamond and gold. I can't eat this shit. That's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And they have to trade it to us. But they had no way to build a structure of trade. We had to go down there and help them. That's why they're slowly developing China They got the best of luck like we did. Mm -hmm. They grew an area that was valuable in a certain resource that they could trade that was a hot commodity and they learned to prospect off of it. Africa was trying to grow stuff in a land where it doesn't grow. It's Sam Kinison's joke, you know who Sam Kinison is? Yes, I love Sam Kinison. He says, why are you living in Africa? He goes, you see this? You know what's gonna grow here? Nothing, you know why? Cause it's fucking sand. Get your shit, get out. Get the fuck out. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right, it's literally the whole idea is you're trying to grow something in an area where it's not going to grow. Now, genetically modifying foods, making it like that, like mm-hmm. to be able to grow in an area and create a bigger abundance of food, that is amazing because that could end world hunger, starvation, all these types of things that, like, it's a big problem here. But the idea that, you know, we're genetically modifying plants, like, we have a, those everlasting tomatoes where mm-hmm. they lo- they don't have any taste, but they never go rotten. That mm. is disgusting. So so the no, so the GMO thing
1: is is a good topic. I, I I love this topic because people are right in their assumption that yeah it is it is it is technically unnatural but within certain respects. So you know you'll the idea of genetically modifying in a lot of these respects is they It originally started with you took plants that were never really, you know, interacting before. And then you were able to cross-pollinate. And, you know, through other methods of actually crossing the genetic line, but without doing it in a way that had a chemical intervention, you know, that was the original start. Because, you know, you could, it would be the same as if you were to have two wrestlers married. You know, you people, wrestlers go and marry other wrestlers because they want their kids to be wrestlers and that sort of thinking. Um, so people started to think, oh, well, let's do this with plants. We want a strong corn that can survive this soil. So we'll take the corn that we have native to this area, but we have a changing soil, depo- or we have some issue with the soil in our area. So we'll breed this plant with another. So, if this was what it started as. It, but now, you know, with a lot of plants, we'll see that they're uh, put on, under treatments of sorts to get used to our environment now. But our environment is, is what is toxic. It's not our food that's toxic. It's what's in our environment that's making our food toxic. Really, I, in my opinion, more so than what we're doing, I think we're trying to save our food genetically from our environment because our environment's so hostile. I mean, I, I, I can't go to the city. Uh, personally, like, I have social anxiety within certain respects, but I refuse to medicate. That's, a, I'd like to get to that topic in a little bit. All right, yeah, for but, sure. But, um, you know, in addition to this, um, what I was saying was the environment is what's more toxic. Like, when I go to the city, I almost can't breathe. New York, for example. New York is okay. my exactly what I had in mind. I hate to say it to the place because it's cool. I loved Carnegie and while I was there. There's, with them,
0: I, is that, there's a certain type of people that can live there. But I, you know, you have to walk around with earbuds because it's so loud. You're going to lose hearing after a while. I have people I work with that are from New York and they chain smoke like nobody's business. And I'm like, how do you not have throat cancer by now? And they're like, you ever heard of brake dust? I'm like brake dust, or Like when your brakes stop, it releases a little bit of dust. Now imagine a thousand something cars in one small block area in New yeah. York stopping every two seconds because nobody can move. You're getting so much brake dust, so much smoke in your face, like smoking is mm-hmm. not going to even affect them. Oh no. And it's just, it's the whole concept. You're not going to be able to grow a tomato plant or a plant outside in New York City you have to go somewhere more, more rural or more like open. And what really sucks is that what you guys have to have as a farmer aspect of it, you guys have a problem with business people, business giant manufacturing companies. I mm-hmm. do too because they're always trying to build the next complex, next house that looks exactly like the same house next to it, side by side, little mm-hmm. communities, little cul-de-sacs. Yes, that's okay for a time. But wiping out so much of landscape and so much of this beautiful nature, I go down the street now where I used to ride on my skateboard or my bicycle. All right, I'll call myself out, my razor scooter, and I would see this beautiful trees everywhere around me and just enjoy like this beautiful neighborhood. Now I'm driving my car, it's been fifteen years later and everything's gone. Mm-hmm. everything I'm like there used to be uh, an oak tree right there there used to be a, big, a b- big brush there used to be hell there used to be a little dock right there it's all gone and I'm like I used to, I like I, I'm afraid honestly to be 100% honest if I ever have kids that they're going to totally miss out on this my buddy lives out in Bishopville area he lives mm-hmm. close by Harris Teeter I every month I go down there like once or once or twice a month To go say hi to him, make sure, like, you know, like, he usually comes over here because he works in Ocean City, so it's just Mm -hmm. easier. But everything's changing. There's construction going on constantly. They're building houses in, like, like, a week or two. And then, like, to think, like, there was this beautiful house that was just sitting on this giant plot of land. Then, a month later, there was a freaking road that was built right in front of the house. I'm like you just totally lost your beautiful property. Now you're on a main stretch of highway and you probably can't get any sleep because everyone is driving back and forth on this road. There's literally one way in this place, one way out. So you're just totally disrupted. You're losing all aspects of nature. And it really brings to my mind, like you ever seen the movie Evan Almighty? Yeah. Where he goes, God shows him the original plan of the earth. It was amazing. Like, there was beautiful things. It's why we had these natural reservations and conservation areas. I believe that's a big benefit. I think the government needs to spend more money into funding that because we only have one Earth. It has an expiration date. Now, do we want to push that expiration date and wind that clock a little bit closer every single time so we're getting closer to impending doom? Or do we want to focus on, let's just fuck up the Earth as much as possible and go find another planet that's destroy mm-hmm. down the road? Yeah, well, so, I mean, I think the
1: Earth and what I've seen, you know, it provides the, the solutions that are brought up in the environment. There's um, microbia that are being found now that have the ability to break the bonds that are in um, plastics. The, the actual petroleum as a chemical. These microbia have an enzyme that breaks down these bonds. And it's allowing that these microbia to start to break down this plastic, but it was never found before. Could it have been around? Possibly. Could it have fed off of some petroleum deposition in the ground? It's the earth it's adapting. adapting. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. It's the earth adapting. And the earth provides solutions to most ailments. An animal, If I hunt. I, you know, when most people that hunt, when you hunt, you hunt for the actual meat. The whole trophy game thing, you've got to be a rich son of a bitch to go to trophy game
0: on. That that brings up the whole aspect of poaching, too. And yeah. We can get into that in a minute.
1: Well, coast. and with that, I I can't stand poaching. I adopt all my animals. You know, working with with nature and these animals so much, you gain more appreciation. As I've gotten out of high school, I've had to work more on the farm because, you know, my mom, she got sick with Lyme disease. There were times in high school I was going out to the grocery store at 2 in the morning. Nobody knew. But I was hardy, and that's I hid my cards.
0: That's the time I grocery uh, shopping.
1: Yeah, I was telling them was a great t- time. Yellow They're restocking. Stuff, yeah. They're restocking, and you get the cheap yellow tickets. Exactly. But...
0: I got that shit down. thank God. And that's a great that. trick I learned from my mother. My grandma taught
1: me that one. Exactly. But, you know, as she got sick, and as these times came around, I was getting more and more work in with nature, and outside, and looking at what the earth actually has to offer. And, you know, not uh, everyone praises pot now and cannabis and, you know. I don't
0: see anything wrong with it, to be 100% honest. It's it's for some people. I don't see anything.
1: But, and it's not for everyone. Because, you know, everybody's body chemistry is very specific.
0: Me, for example, I experienced what they call a green out effect. Basically where you get too blazed that you end up, like, your body starts shutting down. Well, what happens is when you get too drunk, you black out. Mm-hmm. When you get too high, you, you go to sleep. Your body forces the way to get these toxins out. Either by throwing up, doing some type of way, you either trying to take a shower, your mind starts creating these ways that they can try to flush out these toxins. Much like when you're sick, your body's trying to flush out toxins. So when you like when you drink too much, you black out. It's your brain shutting down from you causing any more damage to your body. So, you know, your body has all these natural responses to adapt to situations that it's currently fighting or handling in, which mm-hmm. is amazing too. It's a much like the earth. When you were saying about how the earth is adapting, plastic, all that microbiome stuff you're talking about, or those microbials, those idea, that wouldn't be a problem, that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't created that problem in the first place mm-hmm. we are a destructive force as much as we build and progress and society is beautiful and awesome in a way we are a destructive force we are literally draining the thing that we keep on you know how many times do you see somebody like you know i dug a hole in the ground and shit in it like it's like okay well it, that might be natural fertilizer for the earth if you think of it in that way but at the same time you're disrespecting what you're living on what's providing mm-hmm. you care you know, you can think of it as like a mother, like when people chalk it up to the religion, like Mother Earth, like Gaia Earth and, or Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. There's a, literally a spiritual aspect in this earth that we kind of need to admire in a way. And I never really became like, you know, one of those e- environmentally friendly people. I was always like, yeah, you know, I'm not doing my bad. But at least I'm not littering. At least I'm not doing this. But I'm like, as all these people that fight and do these movements, there's people that are doing 10 times the damage. And that's how they think of it. And they're like, what's the point of me trying? I'm like, because you're not doing the damage that they're doing. You're picking up after their damage. And even though it might not be enough, you're still not contributing to what's going on. I mean, people have to wake up and really realize what's going on and what is provided to us. And they have to give respect to farmers in a way, too, because we totally ignore. Um, Those are the true workers in this world.
1: Well, I mean, you'll well, two, it's a, a small number, like two something percent of the population is farmers in the US, and they, you know, make not just the food in the US, but for the world. But with that, there's a lot of waste. There's so much food that some, you know, I I guess some people would see me as a little bit gross because I'm able to see, you know, where germs are actually coming from, and you know, some people see cosmetic, you know, issues with their food that, you know, I know it's just cosmetic and I'll eat it anyway. Yeah. And you know, that's where a lot of waste comes from, just in grocery stores alone. And then it's also, you know, some things don't have the shelf life, there's no distribute there's no distribution channel. That's why groceries are so cheap.
0: Like, get the fuck out of here before oh, yeah. it rots. It's
1: done. It no, it's done in a matter of days
0: if, you know, you don't have the people there to eat it or if you don't have the people to afford it. What also gets me is like, they throw out all this food that expires on that day. It's like, if you donate that even to a homeless... it doesn't even expire that day. If you donate that to a homeless shelter, you could literally cure starvation and all this type of stuff. If we just donate it to people that actually need food that are starving somewhere, instead of tossing it in the trash. Oh, like, yeah. I'm going to throw this in the trash, and I know when I leave, you're going to jump in and grab it. But oh, I eat... I'm not going to I eat food past the expiration date all yeah. the time. Yeah. I do.
1: I buy food... Sometimes, uh, w- like we know people that sell chips for Frito Lay, and we're like, "Those chips are expired, right?" Yeah, fork them over, champ. Like, <laughs> right?
0: Seriously, it's like just because it's fun. Yet. Yeah, and
1: that you know, I'm, I, you know, you kind of got to practice what you preach a little bit. So I mean, I could at least eat a stale bag of chips. <laughs> yeah, right. But er, well,
0: what the world sees is nothing's better bag. than stale pretzels. I don't
1: know what it is about stale pretzels. Sometimes stale pretzels are good. Well, I like to, you know, fresh-baked pretzel. A fresh-baked stale pretzel sometimes is good. What's your guilty pleasure food? Oh, well, <laughs> this is a touchy topic. I'm a big food guy, but... Uh, yeah, well, you grow it. So. <laughs> a guilty pleasure food, man. You know, I, I have a lot of foods that I like, but, you know, what I... Like to, what foods that make me happy is easier for me to say. My mom, when, when I was so young, oh God, it would be Saturday nights and, you know, I I just kind of got older than other kids did fast and I just kind of understood some things. And I think that's part of why I was so weird back then. <laughs> So you know, Dude, hey, each is their own, man. We would watch Saturday Night Live or Mad TV while oh, yeah. that was still on. You know where God, Key and Peele got their start. You know, mm-hmm. I'd watch that. She'd give me a half a Coca Cola out of the can. You know, a small little sip because you know I was still young. She didn't want me riled up. at, you know ten o'clock at night on a Saturday, and we would have artichoke dip with stone wheat thins, and it's literally artichokes, scallions, some cream cheese, some Parmesan dash a lemon um, but it's it's such a different taste and it's so filling and it's good and it's it may it's a warm you can eat it warm or cold but you know it's something that makes me just think about eating you know just thinks about you sitting with your mom it was also her birthday yesterday but well happy birthday to yeah, you yeah I guess that's you. why I'm thinking artichoke dip today
0: yeah <laughs> well it's, it's cool because we can get these memories but first of all I have to correct you you said did you say we?
1: Stoned wheat thins. Wheat thins.
0: Wheat. Wheat. No, but um, it's, it's, no, it's well, it's the memories you bond with your family. Um, it, it's really it's does it, a good good thing if you're raised from an elderly family or you're raised for someone that has elderly values in them or older mm-hmm. values because you're more connected. We sit down and eat dinner at this time. We talk together as a family at this time future generations are not going to know what this is like especially with our age coming in we're all raised on single parents you know separated or something like this where if you your parents weren't married and aren't still together and didn't like have these family dinners you're used to eating in your room you're used to heating up a hot pocket cuz your parents are away at work and it's it's eventually that's just going to keep building up a process where it's going to keep leading down further generations and kids are going to lose the aspect Uh, I told Jose about this, it's one thing I have jealous about Latino families. They have these big family get-togethers and dinners and these types Mm -hmm. of things, like they're all sitting down and eating together, like we have dinner at this time, you know, grab a plate and sit on down. We only experience that, like at least I do, with my family on Thanksgiving or something that's supposed to be a traditional holiday where it seems like everyone has to get together. You know, I want to be able, when I have kids one day, to be sit down, you know, we're going to sit and talk about the day. I miss the basis of this conversation. I'm tired of texting people. I'm tired of Snapchatting. It's fun, you know, when you guys aren't able to like hang out and stuff. But if you're able to actually hang out and actually have a real conversation, it's the mm-hmm. main reason why I like. I don't. I tell tell people, silent your phones when you come in here. You know, hell, sometimes when someone's on it the whole time, I have to put it in a drawer. They're like why? I'm like, cause you're you're not you're not in the conversation. Yeah. You're not in the moment. This is losing how you everything.
1: Communicate, with people. Yeah. You know what I mean. No, and, you know, people, I feel like if they understood nature more, if they understood what the world used to be, you know, I mean, that's part of the reason I hunt is, you know, I don't process the food we, that we grow. Uh, we pro- we grow chickens for an integrator. We grow them. They, well, this is the process. They bring them, we grow them, they come pick them up, and then everybody gets to eat. That's what it boils down to for us. That's what a lot of farmers do. A lot of farmers now do one process in a very in, in uh, intensified manner. But you know the farmers at least they understand what it takes to grow what what it takes to communicate with something, what it takes to, to foster connection and even you know foster productivity for something. Yeah, For me, being around technology, it's, it's been nothing but a hindrance. My last relationship ended mainly because of technology. I mean, we'd been together and the thing had run its course more than so, but technology was a huge factor because technology is, is now a pilot for emotion. People don't know how to communicate some...
0: Yeah, we have emojis. That is literally like ancient Egypt had hieroglyphics. This is our people
1: don't people don't know what it's like to cry. People people feel a almost an altered sense of hate because people can hate from behind a screen. Um I mean personally it I It has don't,
0: literally gave every asshole out there a voice
1: on the internet. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong, I've said things on the internet that people hate. When I say the things that people hate on the internet, I make sure I they're the truth though.
0: Yeah. Well I mean how much strength and how much because, like courage do you have behind a screen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of these yeah. people would never say any of these things to someone's face. No one would ever be that mean in the public. Like but they're able to do it online because they're hiding behind a disguise. And, and
1: people you know, people are able to take this platform online and, and, and some people do it with the the best of intentions. They do it in a defenseful manner. Um, you know. Sometimes they're not just thinking either. No. No, they're not. I mean, some people use social media as a mode to act. They orchestrate actions from technology. And, you know, uh, it, it, it makes it hard for people to love each other. And I believe that everyone on this world is born with an innate drive to love. But one only experiences hate when they are no longer able to love. Uh, I hate, hate comes about.
0: Is that a quote you made up? Yes. That's I fucking beautiful.
1: I, 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 I. Well, I came to this realization the, the other night uh, with a friend over something, you know, I, I'll call it intellectual thinking. Um, we were sitting, and you know, we always question why the world works. That's part of the reason why I wanted to come on this podcast. I, you know, I knew it was almost a variety show, but anyway. People only, only missing hate a
0: clown that comes in and punches you in the nut. True. Oh a yeah. Variety. A letterman
1: gag. We don't have anybody playing the xylophone.
0: Yes, camera. Gotta work on that.
1: Yes. Oh, I'll bring a sound loop for you next there we time. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, we have this innate drive to love, and we only feel hate when we're no longer able to love, and we feel this sense of hate because we've felt a displeasure from the subject that's caused us to feel this hate. Prejudice you feel prejudice because of a fear you feel this fear because it well This prejudice is a form of hate and you feel it because you're unknowing and you've been told this presumption that this other person From a completely different background is going to harm you Which isn't true in a family feud if you start to hate family that hurts because you have this innate drive to love them when you break up out of a relationship itself You don't necessarily hate that person right away. You hate the things they've done. You hate that you no longer have a connection with that person. It's not that you feel this hate. It's a sorrow for the loss of love. That's... That's yeah. true because if you ever down. someone
0: ever experiences a near death experience after a breakup or after they look at all the problems they've committed in their life like a life review mm-hmm. and um, they start to review every moment and every not just seeing it well life review is a concept that you're not when people experience experience like an out of body experience stuff like this it's it it's, it's you're not viewing the memory from yourself. You're viewing it from the perspective of the others and the perspective of things around you. So you get a whole other side of the argument. That's why I say if you get an argument with someone, look at both sides of the argument. You're only seeing your point, see their point. Understand it and then see come to the conclusion of who's right and wrong. Don't be selfish and say you're just right. Look at both sides of the argument and understand. There's no need to hold on to a grudge like this. Because it's not going to last anymore. What's going to happen in ten years? You're going to hold a grudge for ten years because someone got the last bag of chips out of the chip machine. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And it's the ability to forgive is the main thing I think society needs to do. First of all, society needs we need to forgive ourselves mm-hmm. for just being alive. Um, Every day we wake up and we constantly throw these types of emotions and thoughts at people and at ourselves that constantly drain us down and keep us from doing what we want to accomplish. Nobody seems like ever wants to take that shot anymore. They take that first step into achieving their goals, you know. We're always kind of like, I'm comfortable doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep on living this life until like, you know. One day, one day, one day how many times do you say one day? How many times do you hear one day? Like, one day's today, bro. Take that mm-hmm. step, man. It doesn't take much. You just gotta have the courage to do it. It's if you fail, well at least you took the shot. Like do or do not, there is no try, my man Yoda.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, that's yes.
0: wise words of wisdom. And you know, you sit there and you think, you're like, how many times are people just 80 years old in a wheelchair pushed up to the side of the window regretting their life because they never was able to take chances never like had certain events happen in their life where they had to step up like my grandfather had to come home from war because his dad died and everything Mm -hmm. like that like he didn't have a chance to pursue his dreams but you know. He is happy that he did what he had to do to step up for the family and take care of his family because, you know, that shows in his mind and his inner reflection of himself that he did what he had to do to make sure that people were safe around him. And it's that whole concept, what is morally right to yourself? Morals depend on our culture. But morals also depend on how we have been instilled by our family and all these types of things we have grown up around our experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, you can take two people, twins, exactly the same genetics, personality, everything. You can place one in a really good home, one in a really bad home. They're going to have two possible outcomes. One, they're going to turn out really, really good, want everything, or they're going to be really spoiled and just feel like the world hates them and all this type of stuff. It depends on how you take the life you are given. You know, Bruce Lee said it best. Life, God gave you this life because um, you were tough enough to walk it, or God gave you this road because you were tough enough to walk it. That's a hundred percent true. The problems you face in your life, the occurrences that happen in your life, they might have been caused by your actions, but if it wasn't already, like if you believe in destiny, you were able to survive it. You're fine, and someone else in your position or someone else of a different whatever standing that was put in your position then might not have been able to handle it. You were given those cars because they knew you could be dealt with them. And you have to take that into how you walk up into the world. Like you said, you know, you're interested in microbiology. That's what you want to go for a career for. Am I correct in saying that? Well, yeah.
1: Within certain respects, yes. Fair
0: What's enough. What's your true, um, like, down narrowed topic of life?
1: So as of right now, you know, as a way to make money and survive... Um, I hope to do something with plant materials, um, whether it, it, it mainly, it would be a hemp production style thing, you know, cause there's so many plastics, there's a need for it in Maryland right now. And it's now.
0: cheaper, but the only reason why we don't make it here is because it can't grow here, right? Actually, hemp, well, I mean, they call it
1: weed cause it can grow anywhere is what people like to say. Yeah. Hemp actually originated in China. It's longest trace can go back to China. In which they cultivated it with rice, so essentially it could grow here. It grew in loamy kind of it's sandy stronger, soil. It's
0: stronger, tougher, and cheaper. Why don't we just grow that well, instead of growing other things? Well,
1: I mean, it's that's that's. But it's illegal because illegal drug. until this year. But alcohol. The the new farm bill this year has allowed farmers now to start to produce material hemp. So now it's a fact of people need to create this market. Essentially, now that. The jobs can be created. They will be. It might be a matter of time. Litigation. You know, other factors will come into play, you know, because there's permits and you know, precautions you have to take just to take care of the
0: environment with farming, too, you know. It's well, a new new field of farming. People are noticing the benefits of marijuana, first of all. We're having legal dispensaries open up, first of all, because it cures epilepsy, it cures cancer, it cures... You know, oh, it's not, it, there's not substantial evidence to say it cures cancer, but it stops the cells from growing even further. Like, if a child that's experiencing severe epilepsy and severe seizures mm-hmm. can smoke... Or take some type of edible, and it completely stops. Yeah, they stop having these seizures. Why should we ban that and make that uh, uh, an act of like right or injustice or something? Because that's happening to them. Well, if it's helping them, do you want a two-year-old to experience these types of things? Do you believe that their parents should medicate their child with this? That's the good type of medication. But the stuff like. We're more willing to throw pills at somebody. Like, all right, I always bring it up to this. If I offered you meth, what would you say?
1: I don't, I don't know. I got a lot to do tomorrow. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but you would say no. But if a doctor wrote down methocytes you would take it if it says it's going to cure your back pain mm-hmm. because there's a fancy name behind it. What's to stop all these drugs that are known as popular drugs, take value, all these types of helpful, uh, whatever we like to use a doctor so quick to write a fucking prescription for and toss at you. They're just not tripped up names. The whole thing of Oxycontin or Oxy whatever it is mm-hmm. that gets all those kids hooked in like heroin, opiate addictions and all this types of stuff. They literally, the opiate companies, big pharma, mm-hmm. all that, paid doctors to write down like uh, you know, are uh, commission these certain things in their study when people would say I have this type of back pain, oh, toss them this drug that we're gonna fund you and give you cash money for in your pocket to give to them to fix so we can test our new drug.
1: Oh no, yeah, that's that's what what bothers me and that I've actually, you know, I I've personally dealt with it. You know, I in high school I actually I was prone to muscle spasms, which, like, you know, it's Charlie horses. I'd get them in my calves, you know, just have to stretch a little bit, eat extra bananas. Well, you know, they come out of our family out of growing pains. Well, mine had started to spread to my feet and then to my arms and then to my ribs and my chest and my throat, and I wasn't breathing. So I had to start taking prescription muscle relaxers. And I'll be honest, I didn't like them. Um, you know, they weren't strong. There were nothing that I got loopy off of. But you know, just the fact that I was taking something that I couldn't just eat didn't come naturally. It was a pill. I don't like pills. I don't like. I don't like shots. Shots are necessary, but pills. A lot of these pills are not. Um, you know, my term project, I did on microorganisms that you can use to treat mental illness. But you know, on the grand scale, these there's plants that we can use to treat our ailments. Um, you know, back to the big pharma thing, my mom, she has Lyme. But for the longest time, we didn't know she had Lyme. What doctors did was, well, let's run this test. Okay, well, this pain's hurting you here. Let's give you this pill. Okay, well, this pill's not working, so let's try this test, and let's do this exercise, but let's take this
0: supplement. They don't know. They're just guessing. Exactly, like some pills. until
1: somebody said, well, can we do a Lyme test? Because that's something prevalent in this area. Did we find out she had Lyme? And with this, Lyme, it attacks the nervous system. It, it degrades things. But, lo and behold, you know, CBD, all. you know, it, 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 it is like one of those things that is close to a cure-all. It, it w- what a lot of its properties is it is a regener- a regenerative property rather than a halting thing like you were saying earlier with the cancer cells. you know people with car- Parkinson's, it coats the nerves and certain things um, like uh, the myelin sheath, especially on a neuron. that's what it's seen to really help with. Um, it helps with calcium growth in bones. It does so much. Um, You're fucking Elon Musk of farming. I, um, one day, maybe. One day. <laughs> this, Holy Well, shit. like you said, we all have to take that step, and that's what I'm hoping this podcast dude, might be, I, is the communication of ideas. There you go, dude. I
0: love it. But, um, I definitely want to have you back on, for sure. No, I'd love to be. we got to get uh, Jose in here. Maybe we can troubleshoot some ideas to genetically modify or affect his, uh, burritos.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, believe me. Well, they're great for appetite. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> but, uh. You know, a burrito that doesn't make you shit your brains out. He, well, God, could you imagine the Crohn's Ta- that you could cure with your Taco burritos? Bell would be changed It would be the forever. first time a taco's ever cured Crohn's. Oh, God. <laughs> but, um, no you money. know, no. the, but these plants, they hold these microorganisms like I was talking about. And, you know, I don't tell a lot of people. But, you know, this is a podcast and we shake things up. You know, I, with the anxiety, I suffered a little bit of depression. Nothing intense. Some things that, you know, some people face every day. Everybody suffers a little bit of depression.
0: Exactly. It rains in freaking. For I like a week's to stripe, try. You hate your life. Because yeah. You know, I like something.
1: to be devil's advocate. You know, some things, you know, we're a little adverse that I know some people didn't experience, but. It's coming to terms. It's like we were saying the hate earlier. You come to terms with these experiences and emotions to understand them. And once you and accept them. And to get them, past. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, in my presentation, Denver has just legalized the use of psilocybin. Well, not the use, but decriminalized, I should say. You know, it's looked at a little bit like pop.
0: Like psilocybin mushrooms? Yes. Those things trip you out, don't they? Yeah.
1: They, they're,
0: they're a psychedelic. And they uh, um, give you more of like a spiritual experience, too. There's, and they're,
1: yeah, that's what a lot of their connection is to, is a lot of South American spirit searching. You know, kind of kind of like people say you can do a peyote, and there's so much cultural influence. But I, for a term project, I went, and as part of the microorganisms that can treat mental illness, I went and I saw what they can do. And, you know, Big Pharma, the way Zoloft and Prozac, they're um, SSRIs, They're inhibitors. They're serotonin reactor inhibitors. What an antidepressant does is it holds back these receptors that you have within your brain. So your serotonin wall. Well, it it's like a cork. So your serotonin builds up in your receptor when you're taking an antidepressant. It's a five H T one A receptor. And this receptor builds up And this pathway, this receptor, is an emotion-moderating pathway. So when you talk to people and you say, well, yeah, like depressants, antidepressants didn't make me happy, they just made me feel level. It's because they stop you from feeling emotion. So this emotion-moderating pathway that's keeping you level, not letting you change, it builds up the serotonin, and then it releases all at once. Not all at once, but in a greater amount. But in doing that, that kind of makes you chemically unstable. That's why you kind of see people taking two or three prescriptions at a time. Yeah. In my opinion. Because you need There's something people... to
0: balance out the thing.
1: Oh, yeah. You need... Oh, well, you better balance this out with this. Oh, well, this guy, he's being a little tricky. You better balance him out with this guy.
0: But yeah, this... Well, side effects in medication, they're not called side effects. They're called, like, they're just unexplained accidents that's all it is mm-hmm. and it's how they chalk it up like oh that was just something that happened you didn't get the result you wanted sorry and these
1: these antidepressants they have no long term studies people have studied pot forever it's been used in the, the Vikings used it the Egyptians used it everyone has used it as a material or a recreation or even a medicinal thing CBD what it's seen to do when you implement it with these receptors it um it doesn't depending you know You might have various plants. They might work on different receptors, or species of cannabis, I should say. Um, But they work the same, uh, like to the serotonin, but they use a buffer more so and they kind of just scoot it out rather than haltering it and corking it. Psilocybin, what it does is it actually works on your 5-HT2A receptor. Now, what's different than a moderating receptor is this is the actual receptor that lets you feel the actual emotion it's not haltering and moderating it's letting you feel the actual emotion so that's when you see people in these psychedelics you you know people are very prone to you know the the cia you know back with the whole idea of the men who stare at goats and using lsd and the jedi project
0: you know that happened up here in uh, maryland right yeah, no, no, that's... Um, I did a podcast on it. You can actually look it up. It's up there.
1: I'd like to look that up because that's some of the research even my so brother's I, done for his project. There?
0: Yeah. I find stuff that people are interested in, like that that uh, one on the left on the top, that's the first Canadian flying saucer that was ever built. Hmm. Like, I have articles, like, you tell me what you're interested in, so if you're interested in certain, like, just say drugs. I would look up the history behind drugs, look mm-hmm. up these history, like the worst ones, the craziest ones I... You know, it, I, it's my spinoff series of this one. So I do out of the blank, which is a conversation between me and the person I'm having on.
1: Mm-hmm. Then
0: fill in the blank, which I, we can do five of those in one day because mm-hmm. they're only 20-minute topics. There's yeah. stuff I print out a document on, start looking up facts for it, have my research out, and we just sit here talking about it. We shoot the shit on it. Mm-hmm. That's where, how I joined the United Church of Bacon. Yeah. You know, it's the whole idea that degrees are bullshit, and, you know, it's it's to help with atheists. They literally say, like, why do religion people always yell at other people that don't have a religion? So we've created the United Church of Bacon to protect atheists from being objectified because they don't know what to believe in. Mm-hmm. It just lets them sit under something and not feel pressured to join a religion. You know, they joke around. They don't actually worship bacon. But the whole aspect of why are we so mundane to principles and societies, what we call laws, man-made laws? Why are we so focused on this is how it's got to be, that's how it's got to happen? Like, it's the same thing with drugs. Like, if a kid, I, was, I, had a, I have ADHD really bad. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, you know, people couldn't, couldn't tell if it, if it was a child being a child or a kid having ADHD. Now, if you don't let them grow up and, you know, find out, you know, maybe grow out of it. I learned to kind of control it in my own way without taking drugs for it. But some parents are like, oh, give him this drug. You know, it's so easy to put their kid on drugs. How do you know if he's, he's five years old. Mm -hmm. How do you determine if he has depression? How does a five-year-old have depression? Wait till he grows up a little bit and he can make that decision for himself. If he wants to, when he turns 18, when he turns an older age, decide that he needs something and he wants to try something out, let him do it. Okay, but you know the whole idea that you're going to start medicating your—I swear, I—if I, your kid—if you try and give your kid a sex change, I think, I've had a transgender on my podcast. He's an—he's a good dude. He's taking—he's been mm-hmm. taking male testosterone for four months now, mm-hmm. almost. You know, he loves it. He sees. You know, he—he was—he literally was someone that was put in the wrong body or given the wrong cards. You know, but if a three-year-old's like. Season on TV, I want to do that. Where they're like Jell O, they're like Play Doh, they're being molded. You know, mm-hmm. they see something they want to be. It, you know, how many times I tried jumping off my roof thinking I was Superman. Like, I watched those types of stuff. I tried to use the force so many freaking times to bring a drink closer. The to force me or was something. a big one in my childhood, yeah. <laughs> like, we are implemented by stuff we are being influenced by, like social media, old people being affected because they can't stop watching TV. You know, that's why they watch Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy all the time because there's nothing else they should be watching because if you're watching the news constantly, you're going to be scared of the world as it is. That's why we're we're so like it seems like it's getting worse and worse we're afraid to take the shot and to find out what we're truly passionate and about.
1: And that's what I've seen a lot is there's so a lot of the hindrance of productivity for people. And the thing that keeps people from going on in their lives is they 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 look at what's happening, and they get stuck on what's happening. Like I can tell you right now, there is stuff for everybody in the country right now that is that is affecting them. Or we're in a trade war with China. You know, it, the 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 world stage is shaking, and everyone's feeling it everywhere in every single country. There is some sort of social disruption. But you know, there's so much focusing on what's wrong. But rather rather than in action as to fix this. Um, you know personally speaking, like I I I get slightly mad when I hear people go, Oh, well, like, this happened today and well, this went wrong and I said, Okay, well that's that's terrible and you know, I understand where you're coming from, but what are you going to do to make it better?
0: You know, and that that's yeah.
1: that's sometimes a little overcritical, so I, I make sure that the the understanding is there and I'm willing to help them in whatever their ailment or issue is or whatever conflict and, and, and the resolvement of it. I've, I've I've always you know tried to pride myself in helping people a little bit, but aside from, you, you know You can only help somebody so myself, much. Well they have to want to help themselves. Yeah, exactly. They have to come to terms like we were saying with the cards they're dealt with. You know, sometimes, you know, you got to fold your cards. <laughs>
0: Plus, you gotta, you got you to gotta know when to hold them. You got no to know when to hold them. Well, the <laughs> whole idea, first of all, is that, like, a person, you got to change your perspective on life, man. If you start looking at life as beautiful, if you start seeing the rain out there, think of the beautiful parts of rain, you know? Mm-hmm. Start taking in the small little bits. Like, how many times do we just focus on, like, oh, my car broke down and I don't have any money to pay for gas and all this stuff? Be like... Okay, at least you're breathing, at least you're alive. Focus on those aspects of things, and life's going to get better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's, it's a great way to wrap up the podcast with a strong motivation like that, of being able to really, like, first of all, we just met. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea that we're already on the same wavelength of thinking. There are these people out here, like us, that are thinking the way we're thinking. But it's really hard. Like We don't think like this 100% of the time. There's Mm -hmm. moments where we feel like the complete opposite of how we're talking right now where we're just like, God, life just sucks. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do about it to change it? What are you gonna be doing about it to get it Mm -hmm. out of the way? Wade, what step are you gonna take forward to go conceptualize or make your dream come true, man? Because mm-hmm. honestly, dude, you got a lot of prospects, and you got a lot of like, you know, I see a lot of stuff in your future, man, for sure. And you got a great head on your shoulders, and I'm I'm very, very, very fortunate to actually have you on my podcast, and to get to even know you, man. Because dude, you are the Elon Musk of the goddamn like, agricultural <laughs> world, brother. Holy uh, crap, geez. you started going into drugs and all this <laughs> stuff, I was like, this guy, whoa, he knows so much about stuff, and especially like you got some stuff I'm definitely going to end up like texting you about and trying to look up myself about the roots and the um different roots changing the soil that stuff I I need to dive back into a little bit before we have another discussion no yeah come at that educated not freaking like what
1: no no I mean I'd, I'd be happy to bring some of the papers that I have you know I don't have a lot of paperwork but I'd be happy to actually I'll even bring my term paper by. I got it back today. I got a 95 and an offer for grad school. So. See,
0: I've only gotten psychology papers published. I haven't gotten any. Uh, like, I only get high grades in psychology. I don't get any of, like, the factual stuff. Like, I'm more about, like, the emotional aspects of people. Well, that's, you know, I, I like we were talking
1: over earlier, you know, I think we're similar on that. We look at the way things are, you know. I mean, this is a weird thing to say, but I, I, I almost consider the religion that I follow to be an energist religion? Like, I really look at how... Positive energies. And, and well, energies more how energy us. is recycled. You yeah. can measure energy. You know, there, there's people that say, you know, with chemical reactions... You're a globalist. I I, I would assume. I believe that Energy a, of the world. ...a God in a certain respect, but, you know, the Muslim religion says that, who are you? You know, this is paraphrasing. You're talking to, to a
0: guy that is a minister for the united church exactly. of Bacon. so i'm open to all aspects of religion yeah i have my freaking degree in um what is it uh, freaking comedic science and a biden's counselor i'm a doctor of divinity under the abide university of the you ever seen the movie the big Lobowski? yeah that's that yes. movie uh, See, look, I'm a certified <laughs> ordained dude of the Church of Latter Day Dude. That's sick. See, it's it's that's good. It's the whole idea, like you got to learn to create these funny moments in life. And someone goes, "Why are you doing that?" With like, I was printing out these degrees and I went to the courthouse and got them signed and certified. Yes, I am a legal minister under the Church of Bacon. Mm. Uh, I went looked up Maryland's laws. I was like, I have, I will fight this all the way, teeth and bone, all the way up to the thing. And they're like, "All right." And they signed it and did all that for it. I was like, "Sweet." But the whole aspect of, why not? Yeah. Degrees are just, they're just a piece of paper. I worked to get my associate's degree, and I'm glad, but... The fact, the fact that that has to get me a job, not based on the knowledge or just the interpretation of someone can have in an interview with me. If we just had people that did interviews like this and tried to understand, like, mm-hmm. if someone's willing to have the passion to do something, whether they don't have the education on it or not, they should be able to get that job and someone should teach them and educate them on something they're passionate about. You're not going to, just because smart people that are whatever, knowledgeable on whatever they're studying, but they're not passionate about, aren't going to do the better job than the person that's passionate about what they want to do. I want to podcast. I'm going to try and put every step forward to get podcasting done. Whether it's pissing people off by messaging them constantly. Hey, when are you free? When are you free? When are you free? When are you free? Just take the hour and a half to do the damn podcast. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. It doesn't have to be an hour and a half. It can last two, three hours long. As long as you want to talk. Uh, the The main thing is, I want you to leave here saying, I had fun. I had a good time. I'll ask you again in a couple days. Hey, did you have a good time on the podcast? That's all that matters. They're like, Does it sound good? Don't worry about what it sounds like. I'm going to end up putting this one up in like a week or so. It's the whole idea of you, you got you to gotta have fun in moments. You got to have real moments with people and stop just trying to get drunk and medicate yourself in a way yeah. to totally dope yourself out of what the world's becoming. Wake up Take the time to make the change if you feel like it needs to change. Take the time to make the change in your own life. Exactly, exactly. And that's a good thing to end the podcast on, man. And I really appreciate you, Wade, coming down here. No, man, I had a great time, yeah. Um, Anybody out there listening, uh, just get the whole aspect of this Elon Musk agriculture man himself. (laughs) And uh, stay tuned for our next episode.